Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Come on. Wow. God is on the throne. Good stuff is happening already. How good was worship tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Powerful words coming forth. Amazing uh, testimonies already. We, uh, we got a testimony back. Sorry if I'm stealing your thunder, babe, but Renee got a, uh, a message today a couple weeks ago. It was referenced earlier, but she had a, had a word. She had everybody stand for a loved one with cancer. And, uh, and went after it, and she's gotten several testimonies back, the distended stomach that shrunk down uh, as a result of that prayer that Ben referenced. Uh, but she got a message today. Uh, someone had a, a loved one who had skin cancer and battled it for years to the point where they had to remove one of their ears, uh, but it still continued to uh, come on and progress, and they ended up with a, a tumor the size of a lemon, but after that, that prayer, that declaration, it shrunk from the size of a lemon down to the size of a cough drop. And, uh, and God's, God's still at work there. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff happening. Thank you, Cassandra Edison, for sharing. And just thank you for what you're doing. Like, how amazing is that? Just truly transforming the world, you know. We all need more friends like that. They just stir us up and challenge us and encourage us. And uh, I do have something to share in my heart. Uh, it'll probably be shorter tonight because we have even more good news. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, how many people know that, that the purpose behind church from the beginning is one, to celebrate Jesus, and two, to strengthen each other? And uh, we've been celebrating Jesus, but as long as we come to church and we celebrate Jesus and what he's done and we've strengthened each other, we've had church. Come on. So listen, sometimes you can have a short preach and a long fire tunnel. And it's still legal. Thank you, Jesus. I'm feeling a little stirred up. That's all I got to say. But <laughs> we do. We have, uh, we have uh, some testimonies. My brother's going to come up. I'm not even going to say, he's just going to, you got to hear this, what's been going on, and, uh, and so have some testimony to share from us from this past weekend. So, here's Jahi. Woo, come on. Yeah, so this past weekend, we had the opportunity to go um, and join in to, there was three different weekends of three nights each of revival meetings at uh, Huntsville Prison in the Walls Unit. And so we were, we were able to go with the team. Uh, Tim Speck, our, our outreach director, led a team of 14 of us to, the, to this Walls Unit to hold on these three nights. Um, he can't be here tonight, so he just asked a couple of us to share some testimonies. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to steal what these guys have to say, but it was crazy ridiculous. Jason, why don't you start us off and just share a little bit about the time there? 
All right, can I do this short? I don't know. Well, y'all, it was on fire. We showed up. There was an open heaven over that place. You wouldn't even know you were in a prison. We were, if you had your eyes closed and during worship, it sounded like so much free men singing out. There was a roar. There was these guys that their, their eyes were filled with hope. Their minds were stirred with new visions, new plans. There was people that had been locked down. There was people that had uh, just got uh, inspired that, uh, that God had more for them. The words that were released over people, the prophetic words that were given were inspiring people to come up. We had words of healing, certain words like uh, we have ears being healed tonight. People would come up. They would get healed. They would turn around and go take it to the other guys out in the crowd. They were getting activated. They would turn around and go pray for other people that needed the healing. There was guys that had healed uh, that God healed their backs that haven't been able to do a push-up in decades, getting down on the ground going, look, guys, look what I can do. Like in front of her, there was guys just crying rivers of joy. There, where You would think that people would be holding back and going, no, i got to keep this exterior. They were breaking down. They were bawling. There was rivers of joy coming. They were coming and grabbing us and saying, I need you to pray for us. There was an open heaven over that place, y'all. That we just, we just, if y'all want to partner with us, because y'all were there, we were your family. We got sent out from you guys. Here's how we need your prayers. Pray for that fire to keep going. Pray for those guys to keep going. This is changing generations. This is changing families. This is changing generations after this. When these guys get out and they're living for the Lord, it's because y'all took seeds over there. Y'all sent us over there. Y'all can be praying with us. I mean, there was the, 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 the Holy Spirit was so stewarded by our worship team. They were playing and people were just in it to win it, y'all. They wanted to be set free. So, y'all, it was, I don't know how much more I can say, but, y'all, it was good. It was good. <laughs> you, you, you can tell we're a little bit excited, right? I mean, seriously, you we could... Have been there. <laughs> we could go on for hours, so we're just trying to keep it this short, but, man, it was incredible. That was incredible. Okay, Rini. Um, yeah, just like he's saying, there's just so much of, so many testimonies, and it's like we're blown away. It's just like church here. I mean, it was just so much freedom, liberty. Yeah. They were just praying for each other, just like, what are we doing, almost in a sense, because they had like the heart just surrendering everything and just blown away. I mean, I mean, there's so many, but this one particular testimony, we're at the last day of worship, and this guy named Matthew uh, like built like a lineman, and he just turns around during the worship just like, Hey, can you pray for me? My knee's like hurting on and off. And um, so um, Jason and I were right there praying for him. And we say, hey, how do you feel now? He said, about 50% better. And so then we go to pray again. And he just starts like, okay, it feels better. He doesn't say anything. Goes into worship. All of a sudden, we're just worshiping. Just so much freedom there. Next thing you know, he turns around, starts running up the aisle, comes back to the other side. And say, okay, God. And not only that, on top of that, then all of a sudden, after we started to go more into like slow, like just worship, worship, then... He does a split right in front of us, which is probably hard. And we're, we're just like right there. We're just like looking down at him. And all of a sudden, Lord, we don't have, sometimes we don't have to say what we're saying or like for him to say, hey, there's healing. It's in the actions. And there's just a lot of those things of testimonies. The way that it's like, don't even think of how God's going to work. God works behind the scenes. And, and just that, he was just, you could see just liberation there. And that's just a tip of the iceberg of what was happening, just like Jason said. Just so much joy, and just I encourage you all to, to be able to share with everyone else, because that's what they're going to be doing when they know what has been receiving there, what's been caught, 
When you catch it, there's nothing that can take it away from you. And that's what they're going to be doing at, at, outside of prison, and they're just sharing with others, and they're so encouraged. This is just, just, <laughs> this is just so much of a little bit. This was a unique thing, y'all. This is, a, this is unheard of, to have three weekends, three-day revivals with three different churches. This could spread all over the state here. Y'all be praying that this is just the beginning. Man, there was so much freedom. There was a train of guys. You know, normally they tell you to separate yourselves from the inmates and, you know, keep it, you know. And, dude, we were all like, come on, brother. We were doing trains around the whole chapel, y'all. This could spread all over Texas, all over the nation. This is just the beginning. Y'all keep it in prayer. It, 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 seriously, we can't do it justice. There was such an atmosphere of freedom in the middle of this prison. And we know part of it was we were the last night of, of these, these three weeks that had already happened. So we got to come in to this atmosphere that had already been cultivated. But on the first night, there was like 80-something guys in there. And I'm not joking. I mean, they were dancing. They were leaping. We were just going for it. I have, I have not felt that much freedom in a whole lot of churches I've been to. And it was in the middle of prison. By, by the, the second night, the second out of three, we're supposed to start at 6 p.m. And Dylan and the worship team, they're going for it. I'm looking at my clock. I'm supposed to be the one opening the meeting. It's 5.30. Dylan's dripping with sweat. He's just going. We're all already dancing. And it's like, we haven't even officially started. That's how hungry and how free the guys were. Later that night, um, the team just called out some word of the knowledge, some, you know, asked the Lord to move in some healing. And we just asked the guys, the inmates, to pray. So anybody that, that needed something or that was called out, they stood up. And we just, like, released them to go pray. It wasn't us praying for them. Deaf ears were opening up. Like they said, guys with, with back injuries since, like, the 80s. One guy, like you said, jump, dr just dropped down and starts doing push-ups. Another guy is talking about all this body that he'd, or all this pain that he'd felt through his whole body. Exactly. He's like, I've had pain for all these years through my whole body. It's totally gone. I feel great. He's like, I, I, I could just jump up and down. So Tim says, do it. He just pulls up and does a jump shot, like, right there. And it was awesome because it spread. After that, everybody around the whole time, like, when they're sharing testimonies or during worship, they're just pulling up doing jump shots. It was crazy. And like he said, last night, there was, like, a conga line going through. Just incredible. But I want to I say, we know that we had this unique opportunity to partner with a ministry that's been operating there, the Joseph Company Prison Ministry. They've been operating there and they leading a school of uh, leadership and transformation there. And they've had, since they've opened the school and been doing this, their graduates, they've had a 0% return rate for every one of their guys that has been released. Zero. 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 Come on. They're, they're, they're running the, the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry curriculum there, and they're seeing lives transformed. And they've been doing this. They're actually getting calls internationally from, from other people like, what are you guys doing? So, so God is on the move. God is on the move. And if he can do that in that prison, what can he do here? Come on. But we have a special treat because the man who, who uh, leads that ministry and founded that ministry, Charlie Owens and his wife Judy are here tonight. Would you guys please stand up? 
Let's Bethel Austin family, let's just honor these guys, these heroes of the faith. Charlie, thank you for opening those doors for us. And guys, we're looking to continue to partner and go in the future and keep this going. But thank you so much. Come on. How good is that? You know revival's at hand when the place to be is a maximum security prison. Come on. <laughs> uh, Charlie, Judy, we love you guys. Listen, they're, you saw where they're, they're on the second row right there. If you want to dump money in their lap, you are welcome to do that and bless them. But we are going to have them come back uh, sometime relatively soon. I don't even know if he knows this yet, but we have a plan for you. And, and uh, have them come back and bring some of the graduates that have gone through their program and have a good long time to share uh, testimonies firsthand of what's going on. And then we're really going to bless them, take a big offering for them and just see that thing. They're getting calls, not just from the state, not just other places in the country. They're getting calls internationally. I mean, they have a zero return rate. People are saying, what is happening? What are you doing? And how do we duplicate that here in our nation? So come on, God is on the move, amen? Thank you, Jesus. You know, we haven't had a fire tunnel in probably about six weeks. I just feel like it's overdue. So I'm not going to be up here a long time, but God is, God is on the move. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're so good. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We just say, come and keep on coming. Increase, increase, increase. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we, uh, last week, we were in, uh, in Los Angeles and uh, went there for a leadership gathering with some friends. Cassandra and Edison attend that gathering. And, and, and after uh, Renee and I went, we, had a, we took an extra day. We went to Amy Sibble McPherson, went to Angelus Temple where the revival uh, Amy Sibley-Mitcherson had her revival, and, and uh, we got to tour her, her house. Uh, there's a parsonage, and it's all her artifacts and, you know, personal stuff is still there. And, they, and uh, we, got, we spent two hours in that house. We got a fresh impartation to give. It was awesome. But we went to the, to the temple, the Angelus Temple itself first, just to see if it was open, and it wasn't. Uh, but we went to the front doors just to see, and there was a guy doing some maintenance in there, and, uh, and he comes over the doors like, can I help you? And we're like, oh, we just wanted to see if it was open. You know, we just pulling on the history of the revival, and he's like, oh, that's great. But he's like, the parsonage is open, but the temple's not open right now. And, and as he's talking to us, another guy comes and pushes him out of the way, busts through the door. He goes, hey, I know you guys. I've been to your church in Austin. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. And uh, the guy looked at him, he's like, you've been to their church in Austin? But it's so fun. God just populated in the globe with hungry people. Uh, come on. We're on Team Jesus, and, and Jesus is winning. By a lot. Come on. And I want to I wanna talk tonight about Christ in us is not just a theory. 
<laughs> okay. I'll try over here. No, I'm just... It's, it's, it's true. Christ in us is not just a theory. It's not, it's not a theory that we have abiding in us. It's not a, a theology. It's not a good idea. We have the person of Christ in us. And he's hungry for this world to be transformed to look like his world. And it, he's hungry for his children, his sons and daughters. And he's hungry for our neighbors. He's hungry for our friends. He's hungry for our coworkers, our loved ones. And he wants to see his nature, his goodness, his transforming love get into them more than we want to see it get into them. Aren't you glad that God isn't doing our plan? <laughs> that our assignment is to do his plan. And he's got a good plan. That he's a good God. And revival is at hand. God is moving in our midst. Tumor, uh, cancerous tumors are dissolving. And deaf ears are opening. Not just in this building, uh, people are getting healed and saved on the streets of our city. And not just on the streets of our city, but the maximum security prison in our area. Like, come on. God. I don't know, I'm really excited about that. Like, God is on the move. <laughs> How many people want to see God move more? And to do more? And to move through you more? And to be more wonderful and more beautiful and more kind to the world that we live in? You know, it's not a mistake that you're alive for such a time as this. That we currently are living in the greatest revival the world has ever known. Like it's, uh, what God is doing on the planet, in, in the nations all around the globe, on every continent, it's unprecedented. The number of people coming into the kingdom every hour is unprecedented. God is doing more on the planet now than at any time in history. And you and I just happen to be alive for that. And I don't know about you, but I don't think it's a mistake I don't think it's a mistake that God appointed your life to be now. In fact, I believe that God appointed your life to be now because he has an assignment for you. And there's grace to step into the assignment that he has for us. And the good news is it's easier than we think. Because he's not doing our plan. We're doing his plan. And he wants it more than we do. And part of that, that key, part of that stepping into that grace, into that increase is realizing that we have Christ living inside of us. <laughs> we have a good God living in us. But he also wants to get out of us. He's in us, but he's not content. <laughs> he doesn't want to be trapped and he doesn't want to be stuck. He's not in us, Bill Johnson always says. He's not in us as a lake. He's in us as a river. Because he's in us to move through us and to touch the world around us. And when God starts moving through us, grace is released to the world. Not just our ability, not just our best effort, but his grace and his goodness. How many people know when his grace shows up, transformation happens. 
Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you only have a theory living inside of you, theory is what gets released through you. But listen, if you have have a living God (laughs) with eyes of fire, a God of grace, a God of love, a God of redemption, a God of reconciliation living inside of you, guess what you have moving through you? I don't know about you, but I don't just want theory to be released from my life. That's why I love hanging out with people like Edison and Cassandra. They're not just doing theory. Thank you, Jesus. They're changing the world. (laughs) And I love how God paints a beautiful picture. He doesn't just use one color. He doesn't just have one brush stroke. That he is multifaceted and multicolorful in all of his ways, in all of his wonder. Just look at the flowers. Just look at a sunset. What am I saying? I'm saying that for you to express Christ to the world, it doesn't have to look like someone else. That not everyone is called to the Congo. But those who are called should go. (laughs) But God's not sending everyone there. He's sending those who are called there, there. And he's sending other people into the marketplace to make not just thousands, but to make millions and to make billions so they can fund what others are doing in the Congo and the rest of the world. And God is sending artisans to release the kingdom and musicians. Come on, and doctors. Come on. The, the, the doctor who is in the presence, who understands the anointing, who has the living God in them, breathing through them, and is praying for that ultimate breakthrough in HIV, that's just as much kingdom. Come on. Woo. He's painting a beautiful picture. And you are one of the colors that he wants to use. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> We have a good father. How many people know that Jesus and the father get along well? (laughs) How many people know that Jesus and the father and the Holy Spirit all get along well? The, 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 the three are one, that they are synergized, they're unified, that they are one expression. Three unique characters, one expression, one God. And that they work together in everything that they do. That the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect image of the Father. They work hand in hand. Amen? That one purpose, one's purpose is always to glorify the others. This is not trick question. This is not rocket science. Like they are unified in all that they do. But you know what is amazing about this gospel that came to earth, this promise that has been given to men, the work that Jesus did on the cross, that he didn't just pull us out of darkness. He didn't just redeem us. He didn't just bring us back to zero, but he actually invited us into that union and into that synergy. 
And to that friendship, he actually invited us into the family. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. We have a good God. And when we understand that, transforming grace begins to move through our lives in more wonderful and powerful and creative and unique ways. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you are called to change the world. And sometimes when we hear that, we get all this pressure comes on our shoulders like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to start. <laughs> You're called to change the world, but the reality is when you show up, you don't show up alone. <laughs> you are a host of the world changer. That you are a conduit for his grace. That when you come, he comes with you. And when he comes, all of heaven comes with him. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. He always comes to back up his word. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I've said it before, but in order for belief to transition, to become faith, it has to have expectancy connected to it. Like this living, percolating, this, this now, this all, this expected reality that what I believe, it's about to happen. I can feel it. That God is here right now to touch lives. To change hearts. To reconcile families. To heal bodies. I can feel it. It's percolating. Why? Because I have a living God inside of me. Not just a theory. <laughs> This, that we get to live by this expectancy, and expectancy is faith, and faith is the currency of heaven. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Father. You know, God told William Branham, if you can get the people to believe, nothing will be impossible. What, is, what does that mean? If you can raise people's expectation to where they believe that I'm real, they believe I'm available, and they believe that I'm near, and I'm ready to move, that actually creates the highway for him to move. Do you know that as born-again believers, we're the only people on the planet they have the ability to create a realm of expectation that we don't have the responsibility to fulfill. Listen, God, God is the Redeemer. And we get, to, we get to, to bring that, to live that, to breathe that. But when it's released, it's Him doing it. <laughs> I can bring the message of salvation, but He's the Savior. <laughs> Listen, when I tell people about the living hope in God, about the work of the cross, that he is available to save them and redeem their souls, am I lying? No. Am I creating false hope? No. But am I doing it? No. I'm just carrying the one who does it. Just a conduit for his grace. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I'm about to get myself stirred up. 
<laughs> Open your Bibles or your phone, your app, to John 14. We're going we're gonna to bounce around a little bit from John 14 into John 17. In John 14, I love this, and I wish I could read three whole chapters to you, but for time, we're just going gonna, gonna to bounce around a little bit. We're going to start in John 14, verse 9, and I want you to listen to the inclusive language. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you know that Three times between in the Corinthians, first and second Corinthians, three times it says, Don't you know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? That means He is dwelling inside of you, abiding in you. Now listen to the this this gospel, this this promises, and I want you to hear the inclusive language. John 14, verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who sees me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. We already established this. Jesus and the Father get on really well. They work, they work well together. Verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these. Will he do because I go to my Father? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. But now let's, let's jump down to verse 19. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Thank you, Jesus. Do you hear this inclusive language? That Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in Jesus, and Jesus is in us, and we are in them. That we know that, that, that the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know this. And they are, they are one. They are synergized. They're unified, and they have this, this synergy, and they have this glory. <laughs> I just felt glory when I said glory. Um, <laughs> Wow, thank you. <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> Just somebody say glory. <laughs> the, the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they have this synergy and they have this unity and they have this glory. 
between them. But how many people that know that when Jesus died on the cross, that he went down to hell and he took the keys and he led captivity captive. And he didn't just raise us up. He didn't just pull us out of darkness. He put us into his marvelous light. Listen, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they picked us up and said, you're coming with us. <laughs> I'm just about to preach myself happy. Listen, they just, they just pulled us into their synergy, into their glory. Well, it got really quiet. <laughs> I can feel your brain working. Listen, do you believe that Jesus is the Redeemer? Do you believe that he's the Reconciler? So what has he reconciled us to? That salvation didn't stop halfway. He didn't just pull us out of darkness. He didn't leave us on the banks of darkness, dirty and tattered and broken chains, going, oh, what am I going to do now? (laughs) although religion would try and have us believe that. But it's not a theory. Come on. It's not a theory. It's a living God. It's a loving God. It's a redeeming God. And he didn't just pull us out of darkness, but when he pulled us into his marvelous light, what do you think that light is? It's his life, it's his glory, it's his presence, it's his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. This is John, flip over to John 17. Verse 18, Jesus praying this beautiful prayer before... He is arrested and taken to the cross. And verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them, speaking of you and I, into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Who is that talking about? Us generations, all the generations of disciples to come. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Listen, it didn't stop with the original apostles. The the love, the grace, the power, the transforming love continued to all those who would hear and believe. Thank you, Father. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Well, thank you, Jesus. Listen, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of messages about us being one. And, and, and it's not wrong at all, absolutely, that, that us being unified, us being together, us learning how to live in koinonia, learning how to live in true love and, and surrender to each other, that, the, that in part the world is going to know that 
the Father sent Jesus because of that love. But that message by itself is not complete. It's not us just loving each other in brotherly love because the whole cycle starts <laughs> with us and him and him and us. And then we are in each other. Because it's not man's love that the world needs. It's God's love. And when you have God's love and I have God's love and he's in me and, and he's in you and we get together and then we love each other with that love, kabam! <laughs> Miracle explosions start to happen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 23, I in, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one, and the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you love me. Again, I in them, so Jesus in us, and, and you in me. So the Father in Jesus and Jesus in us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Wow. The progression of transformational power. <laughs> well, he did it in reverse. He said, I in them, but then the Father's in him. So if you look at it, it's the Father steps into Jesus. <sighs> but then Jesus steps into us. Listen, but then we step out our doors into the world. Well, thank you, Jesus. But when, but when we realize that we have this life-giving, living God through the Holy Spirit inside of us. I, you've probably heard me say it before, say it all the time, but in all the, all the miracles that we've ever seen, you know, leading the, the healing ministry in, in Reading for all those years in the healing rooms and people get out of wheelchairs and deaf ears opening and blind eyes opening and mission field, you name it. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miracles. The reality is I don't know how to heal anyone. <laughs> I just know how to hang out with the one who does. Listen, when you realize that you have a living God inside of you, it makes grace available through you, to you and through you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, we've seen, so we've seen so many people just have metal disappear from their body in a moment. Like two, three months ago here, we had four people in one service just have metal disappear from their body. Thank you. Do <laughs> you know what's wild? I don't know how that happens. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it a thousand times, and I, I still don't know how it happens. Listen, even if I went to medical school, graduated with an MD, I still wouldn't know how it happens. Why? Because it's not our ability. But here's the thing about having a living God inside of you. I don't know how it happens, but I give myself permission to see it happen anyway. 
I don't know if you got that. <laughs> Listen, what do you need to give yourself permission to see happen that you don't know how to make happen? But God's inviting you to give yourself permission to see it happen anyway. I don't know how transformation is going to happen on my campus. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. What is he inviting you? What is he calling you into to give yourself permission? Because you have a living God inside of you. Do you know, that, listen, sometimes I, I think that we, that we know that, that God never leaves us and forsakes us. But sometimes it's like we have a companion that goes with us. And that's, that's true. But it's not the highest truth. It's like, oh, I, he's back there somewhere. He's with me. And then we get into this moment where we need transformational grace to show up. And we're like, is he there? Where'd he go? I don't know. I can't find him. Listen, he doesn't just go with you. He goes in you. <laughs> you shouldn't have to wonder if he's there. <laughs> when, you, when you get confronted with an issue, you don't have to look behind you. You just have to look in you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> look, if you haven't caught it yet, you only, you only have to look in you because he's in there. <laughs> because this is because he's in there he's in there by his design by his work by his action by his effort and by his love he's in there <laughs> listen we we're all on this journey of of gazing upon his beauty and coming in to this living reality of, of, of how good he is, how close he is, how alive he is, exploring the reality of Christ, the reality of God, his awe and his wonder and his majesty. We're on this journey. But have you taken time to do that journey, but to realize that that journey is happening inside of you? <laughs> When's the last time you took time just to meditate on the fact that you have a living God in you? I'm just going to warn you, be careful, because it will change everything. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I had an encounter. Uh, I went into a vision. So that way, I went into a vision, and, and Mariah Woodworth Eder is um, a famous revivalist, operated in the early 1900s. C incredible, incredible uh, power uh, 
purity and power just moving through this woman. People, she would do a meeting, and people would get baptized in the Holy Spirit up to 100 miles away. <laughs> now listen, that is next level. <laughs> Times 10. <laughs> We're hoping people in our meeting will get baptized in the Holy Spirit. She does a meeting and unsuspecting people miles and my hundreds of miles away, you know, somebody's filling up on gas and shut up, baby. What just happened to me? Like <laughs> But God wanted to teach me something years ago. And I was, I was in, in this time uh, in his presence, and I'm hanging out with Jesus, and all of a sudden I go into this vision. It was like an, like an open vision. And in the vision, I'm in this meeting uh, with Mariah with Edder. And it was, we, it was early 1900s, the, the old church, and, and she's on the stage, and I'm with her, and the people are standing up and they're lost in worship. I mean, lost in worship. And they're just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. They're just gone. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. That's what I like to her. I'm like, this is incredible. And she says this to me in the vision. She goes, shh, listen for the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, this isn't it? <laughs> But I knew she was waiting for something more. And, and, and then on that, this wave of God came into the room and moved from uh, behind us overhead out over the people. And it was, this, it was this increase that I was beyond what I had experienced before. And it, the people started getting caught up into it. And she saw that. And she, that's what she was looking for. And she got up. This is a, this is a vision, right? So it was just... She got it when she saw that, and she walked to the pulpit, and she opened her mouth to speak. And she was a tiny lady. And she opened her mouth to speak, and in the vision, right? It was a vision. Instead of words coming out, when she opened her mouth to address, to partner with what God was releasing in the room, instead of words coming out, the roar of a lion came out. She opened her mouth, and roar came out of her. <laughs> And then she came back and sat down. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like, what just happened? <clears throat> but what I said to her in the vision, I said, how, how in the world did you ever get that level of authority? That when you open your mouth in the spirit, what comes out is the roar of a lion. And she looks at me and she says, oh, it's simple. The world has no hooks left in me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read another verse before we close. Back in John 14. Verse 28. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And I now have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. This is Jesus speaking. The ruler of the world is coming, but he has nothing in me. 
in me. What's he saying? The way Mariah said it was, the world has no hooks left in me. There's nothing in there that when, that when the, this God who is in there, when his grace starts to move, there's no hooks that it gets caught on. <laughs> this is good news. <laughs> there's no filters that it has to, unhealthy filters that it has to push through. There's nothing that it needs to compete with, to box with, or get out of the way. It's nothing it has to avoid to get through. So this powerful, life-transforming gospel of love and peace and grace comes, but it hits filters and walls and hooks and blocks, and by the time it gets out, it starts like a rushing river, and it comes out and goes, bloop. <laughs> and we wonder, why, why is nothing happening? <laughs> <laughs> I think tonight Jesus is clearing out some filters. Hey, listen, you didn't save yourself. Whoa. <laughs> I haven't got to the punchline yet. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't redeem yourself. Come on. <laughs> you don't have to cleanse yourself. All you have to do, the same way you said, Jesus, here I am. I need your saving grace. Whoa, he's going to cleanse out some filters. He's going to, oh, he's going to remove some hooks tonight. <laughs> he's going to tear down some walls tonight. <laughs> because we're moving from theory to reality that I have a good living God inside of me who wants to get out. Thank you, Jesus. We sang a song tonight. I'm going to, we did. <laughs> See, we're starting to synergize like the Father and the Holy Spirit. You just know where I'm going before I go there. I love it. We sang a song early on tonight. And it says, when I open my mouth, walls come crashing down because of the authority that Jesus gave me. And then it says, when I open my mouth, miracles start breaking out because of the authority Jesus gave me. Whoa. You know, there's, there's so much stuff happening around us. Listen, if you're, not, if you're not getting pumped with testimonies, like weekly, Find some different people to hang out with. Because, <laughs> I mean, God is doing so much around you. God is doing so much around you. Start asking the people around you, what's God done this week? Make it a habit. You'll be blown away at what's happening. We are, in a good way, we are bombarded and overwhelmed with with the good news, the testimonies, what he's doing every week. Why? Because we serve a living God. We serve a loving God. We serve, we serve a kind God. And he's not a distant God. He's not a far-off God, and he's not a detached God. He's a in-you God. Well, but... Do you believe that he's in you? No, I really mean it. 
Like, do you believe? Not because I'm up here telling you, but because the Word of God tells you. Colossians 1.27, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you believe it? And if you believe it, do you meditate on it? <laughs> do you allow it to transition from theory into reality? <laughs> and if you believe he's in you, do you believe he wants to get out of you and to move through you? Because when you do, when it's percolating, <laughs> stuff is going to start happening that you can't control. I don't know if they heard me, Josh. <laughs> stuff is going to start happening that you can't control. Metal is going to start disappearing from people's bodies, and you're going to have to try to explain it, and you're just going to give up. I don't know. I just know he's good, and he's here. And he loves you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Paul told Stim Timothy to stir up the gifts of God that were imparted to you through the laying on of hands. You know, I believe that God gives the gifts. But, but the authority on Paul was this ability to recognize spiritually in him and to call it out so they could be stirred up. What God had already put in there. To stir it up, we're going to do a fire tunnel tonight. Can we get the team up here? And we're going to do a fire tunnel. I believe God's going to stir up some things. <laughs> Why am I more excited than you are? Listen, God is going to stir up some things. Some things, listen, that you didn't even know were in there. I got good news for you. They're in there. How do I know they're in there? Because you have a living God in there. And if God's in there, he's got it. That God is in there. And God is going to stir up some things, and God is also going to remove some things. There's some filters that are disappearing. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Where is this verse I'm looking for? <laughs> the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You know, the completion of adoption is habitation. Whoa. God's going to invite some people deeper into the family. Whew, some filters are going to disappear tonight. Some filters are like, oh, it couldn't happen through me. Some filters are like, oh, I'm not qualified. Some filters say, oh, I'm not good enough. <laughs> They're going to disappear. Some hooks are going to disappear. Some sin issues are going to just disappear. They're going to break off tonight because God has an assignment for you, and he wants his goodness and his glory to be able to move through you without any hooks or hindrances. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
Come on. If you believe that he's good, I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, just put your hand on your heart. And just tell them, thank you, Jesus, that you're already in me. <laughs> I'm letting that sink in. Thank you, Jesus, that you're already in me. So when you're called to stir up gifts, you don't have far to go. Because <laughs> he's already in you. Thank you, Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So just ask him, say, Jesus, begin to stir it up in me. Begin to stir up the reality that you're in me and you want to move through me to change the world around me. Thank you, Jesus, that it's easier than I think. <laughs> and thank you, Jesus, for removing every filter and removing every hook. Well, so that when you move, you can move freely. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray. Team, going to get the ministry team, leadership team. We're going to do a fire tunnel before you move. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> I'm about to pray for you, but listen. When you start to when you start to understand this, when you start to capture this, and listen, we're all on a journey. I haven't arrived. We're on a journey together. I've seen God do some wonderful things, but I'm not yet aware of anybody getting baptized in the Holy Spirit a hundred miles away. Not yet. If it's happened, I haven't got the report yet. <laughs> well, I'm about to pray. But listen, when you understand that he's in you, listen, prayer changes. It's no longer a stamp on an envelope of hope that you hope arrives at its destination. Listen, it's not an envelope. It's not a stamp on an envelope. It's the opening of a vault. stamp on the envelope of hope. It's the opening of a vault. Why? Because he's not distant. He's not back there. He's not out there. He's in you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in me. Thank you, Jesus, for stirring up what's in me. So, Father, I thank you for filling your people and releasing your goodness to them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.